Father in heaven, O oh Lord, we just want to thank you. We want to praise you. We want to worship you. Yes, Lord, the unfolding of your word brings light. And this morning I pray, Lord, that you would unpack not just your word, but your heart. Father, whatever is burdening your heart, let it burden us this morning. Father, so many times we look for burden for others. But this morning, O oh Lord, let there be first a burden for our own souls. Pray, Lord, you'd speak to our hearts this morning. Anoint us afresh to understand your heart. To know your thoughts. You said in your word, O Lord, the thoughts that you have for us cannot be counted. And this morning I pray, Lord, few of those thoughts make it plain to us. Grant us grace to hear and to obey. Speak to us this morning. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I titled today's uh, meditation as um, Saving Faith, Do I Have It? Saving Faith, Do I Have It? Um, the entire purpose of teaching is to generate faith. We'll be looking at a passage from the Gospel according to Luke. You see, um, when we look at the Gospels, like we've been taught so many times, it's so easy to go after the miracle and miss the message. Uh, we may have the faith to receive a miracle, but then more important thing is to find the message and receive the message behind the miracle. We heard it last, last Sunday as well. The entire teaching as to how to understand the message behind every miracle that God does. That he was teaching his disciples through a blind man. So, so, so the most, more important faith therefore is when I look even through the gospels, one of the things that I uh, want to look at, you know, is people who really acknowledge that they were sinners. You hardly find people who, who, who come to Jesus and say, Lord, I am a sinner. Very few. They have a need, they come to Jesus. Even the disciples, I don't know if they, if they've really done, did that, no? Lord, we know Peter said that, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, etc. There's very few people who do that. So to look at, I just want to look at a passage from uh, Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7, actually verses 36 to 50, almost close to 14 to 15 verses have been allotted for this particular uh, woman. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat and behold a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. So this is a 
there are several people who do this. I mean, there are at least two people who do this in the uh, in the accounts, uh, according to in uh, the three four gospels that we have. Uh, the three gospels record the anointing of Jesus by Mary Magdalene. This is a different one. I'm, I mean, I'll just for for example, I'll show you in John's Gospel chapter twelve, uh, the six days before Passover, Jesus uh, came to Bethany where Lazarus has been healed. Uh, has been uh, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. So this is at Bethany, and uh, uh, Jesus is there. You had you had Ma- Martha who served, Lazarus who seated at Je- Jesus's table, Mary who come and, uh, comes and anoints Jesus. Um, one gospel talks about uh, Mary anointing Jesus' head. The other gospel talks about John's gospel talks about anointing Jesus' feet. Um, there are several uh, takes to that. Uh, takes some people say that two different uh, anointings uh, could be, or it could be the same thing where Jesus was anointed on the head, and the anointing was just flowing from. I mean, along his entire body and coming to his feet, and that's what um, um, Judas, I mean, uh, Mary was wiping uh, Jesus' feet. So we have this passage in John's Gospel, and we also have uh, people who criticize. Okay, whenever you have people who truly worship, there are people who criticize. And I say, who, what kind of a waste is this? Okay, what a waste. No, uh, some one man of God said, uh, Judas was a guy who knew the price of everything, but he had the va- he knew the value of nothing. That is a fantastic statement. Judas was a guy who had, who knew the price of everything, but he knew the value of nothing. So many of us, we know the price of everything. We calculate, 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 but we don't know the value of anything. Okay. So this is, this is a different kind of anointing, right? This is, uh, J- Jesus says that she has done it for my burial. Matthew chapter 26 also talks about this, and he also talks, mentions which home, uh, did, uh, Jesus go for this anointing, and it, uh, points out Simon the leper's house. When Jesus was in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she anointed. So this is, this is not talking about that incident, this is a completely, totally different incident. So let's read through that p- uh, particular passage about 15 or 16 verses quickly and I'll make a few preliminary observations and then we'll go into today's meet. Luke's Gospel chapter 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. They all complained, no? This guy receives uh, tax collectors and sinners and goes and eats with them. And the Pharisee also called him, Jesus has no problems. Okay. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and uh, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. You'll not like it. There was a certain creditor of her two debtors, one owed 50 denarii and the other 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing to do to which to repay, with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see uh, this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water to my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, 
But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faiths have saved you. Go in peace. That is the reason why I titled today's teaching, Do You Have the Faith Which Saves? Saving faiths, do you have it? And who is this person? And behold a woman in the city who was a sinner. Okay. Now this is interesting, right? So that means all of us can be in that category. Because she doesn't, doesn't mention what particular kind of sin that she was guilty of. I mean, you can have your own presuppositions and your prejudices because it's a woman. Maybe this is this kind of a person, etc., etc., etc. Okay. And behold a woman in the city who was a sinner. What, what about us? You know the Bible which says, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But let us become more specific as to what kind of sins we sometimes we overlook. Romans chapter 3 talks about this. It says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is not even one who seeks God. You see, all of us have turned away. You know that not seeking God is a sin? Not understanding the ways of God is a sin? All turned, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is none who is do, who is good, who does good. Not even one. And then he says, the throats are op- are an open grave. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. That's what they say. Cleopatra had a wasp, asp, not wasp, asp, as a pet. Okay, and some some Caesar got stung by that asp called Cleopatra and later that Cleopatra's asp stung her and died. She died. That's what people say. I don't know exactly history. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways and the way of peace they do not understand. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is the condition of all of us. Okay. One of the things Hallmarks of the last days is that there is no fear of God anywhere. There's no respect and reverence for God. There's no respect and reverence for, for men of God. Okay. It's, it's, it's really sad. Okay. The casual attitude with which people approach the things of God and also approach people who are men of God. I, I, I see that. One of the things, uh, I mean, a lot of people have a question, I mean, they have uh, issues with the Pentecostal church, you know, IPC churches, etc. But one of the things I have seen in those churches, you should see how they honor their pastors. Okay. It's, respect is at a different level altogether. I'm not talking about respecting, I mean, please don't misunderstand me. I'm just telling you, uh, telling you the way they honor men of God in the church. And you have to, and you say yeah, they're legalistic, they wear only white, they don't wear jewelry, etc. You might get carried away with that. But one of the facts is that they have tremendous respect for men of God. Okay. And it's, it's not faking. Okay. It's not Atavinayam Durta Lakshanam. It's, 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 it's there. It's genuine. Hmm? 
So first lessons that we'll, if you, if you want to look at this passage and we'll look, look from um, the last verse which says, your faith has made you well, go in peace, has healed you, go in peace. One of the things that you need to understand, saving faith is impossible. It's impossible. Unless God gives it. Let me show you. John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 44, we know it very well. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them and I will raise them on the last day. A lot of people give their testimony. You know, I was searching. Searching different religions. I was searching this. I was searching for truth. And I found Jesus. Let me tell you something. The person who put that the desire inside of you to search for truth was God. Because he said that I place eternity in your hearts. You see? Okay. No one can come to God. Unless, unless the Father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up in the last days. It is written in the prophets. They will be taught by the Lord. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. So saving faith is impossible. You cannot generate it by your own, on your own. Okay. So when we, when we, when we, when we look at, let's say, you should give hope for you to, when you look at people in your families who are unsaved. Everybody can be saved but that person. I don't know. It's too hard to reach, to reach them. There are so many issues. Okay. Can you pray, Lord, whatever it takes for that person to be saved, do it. Can you say that? No, 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 no. Lord, bless them. Lord, let them have good jobs. And then if that is the case, then forget it. You see, God can save. The way he saved. Do you, you think that uh, it was easy and possible for God to save you? Okay. Self-made people don't exist. Okay. So saving faith is impossible. Look at what it says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. We know it very well. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is not from yourselves. That is what NIV says. The ESV says. For the, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is, and this is not your own doing. Obviously, right? Unless one is born from above. Nobody chose to be born. We were born because of the will of our parents. And that's exactly the reason why Jesus says, unless and until you are born from above, you cannot even enter into the kingdom of, you cannot see, not, not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So this saving faith is impossible. God has to give you. And that is exactly the reason why in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the last part, it says, um, as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of what? Of faith. Another translation. Measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. He has to give you that faith. Saving faith is impossible faith. God has to give you. Alright? And therefore, how do you produce that? Saving faith is produced by hearing the word of God. That is the reason why we come to the instruction of the word of God. Over and over and over again. What kind of word? It says in Romans chapter 10 verse 14. And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And the word for word is not logos. It's rima which is the anointed living word of God. That is the one thing which produces and generates faith. Nothing else. 1 Timothy chapter 5, one, chapter 1 verse 5. This is in the new uh, English translation. I like this, like it very well. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. But the aim of our instruction is love. That comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and 
a sincere faith. So what is the goal of our instruction? God is the goal of all teaching is this, that you have to have love first. How should that love come? It should come from a pure heart, an undivided heart. Pastor was talking about that, right? More, many of our hearts are divided, one, 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 one leg in the world and one leg in the, in the church and it's not going to work. That is the reason why uh, scripture says in John's, James chapter 4 verse 4, he says, cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your what? Your hearts you double minded. And the double minded man will receive, a man or a woman will receive nothing from God. If your heart is not whole, it's not completely given over to the things of God. The whole goal of instruction is that, that you have this undivided heart which produces that kind of love. And second thing is that you should have a, what? A good conscience. See, one of the things you need to understand what a, what a conscience is. Conscience is, there are several kinds of conscience. Conscience is not your guide, by the way. It's only a goad. It's not your guide. It is only your goad. The conscience has to be trained by the word of God. That is exactly the reason why um, Martin Luther says, I will not go against my conscience because my conscience is captivated by the word of God. He, that's what he says. So what, what is the whole point of teaching is that we will have a conscience which is trained by the word of God. Because there are several kinds of conscience. There is an evil conscience. What is an evil conscience? When they do good, they feel guilty. When they do bad, they feel good. That is an evil conscience. And there is a seared conscience. A conscience which is totally unaffected. This is, you cannot persuade the person at all. The word for disobedient in Greek is fantastic. You know what it, what the word for disobedient in Greek is? Person who cannot be persuaded, who is immovable. You know, when pastor was talking about it in the morning when he said, how come people in the church are immovable? <laughs> You're all so cold and seated in your chairs like that. Immovable. That is what disobedience means. You cannot be persuaded to obey God. You cannot be persuaded to give your best to God. So you have a good con, you have an evil conscience, you have a seared conscience, and then you have a clear conscience when the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you of all the guilt. And then you have what we call as a weak conscience or a gullible conscience. You know what a weak conscience is, a gullible conscience is? A conscience which is so hypersensitive. Okay? Sometimes, you know, I, 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 I see that, you no, know, people, oh, did I do this? Did I do wrong? Did I say this, the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I, oh, constantly keep on checking, checking. That's a, that's a very weak conscience. Okay. I know one brother, I don't want to mention his name. Constantly, did I do wrong? Did I do wrong? And every time I reach home, he said, sorry brother, I said this to you. Sorry brother, I said this to you. I said, take it easy. What is it? It's a gullible conscience. A conscience which is so easily moved. A weak conscience. Then you have a good conscience. Okay. That's what Apostle Paul had. He said, I endeavor to keep my conscience clear before God and before man. That's, that man's life was before conversion and after conversion was the same thing. Before conversion also, he wanted to have a clear conscience before God and therefore he obeyed the law and he was blameless. And then after conversion, boy, he had a conscience which was so clear. And little, little things concerned him. Genuine things. It's not hypersensitive conscience. So what is it? The whole idea of preaching is that you have a conscience which is a God which guides you and that is that which is trained by the word of God. And a lot of people, they don't have a good conscience. You see, they have either a gullible conscience or they have a seared conscience or they have a 
weak conscience or a weak or a gullible conscience or an evil conscience, a conscience which it's like it says, no, they their sleep is taken away. It says in Proverbs, their sleep is taken away unless they make somebody else fall. What a statement that is! They cannot sleep. Oh, today that fellow, I should have made him fall. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I have to do something. This is this is these are these kinds of people exist. By the way. The sleep is taken away unless they make somebody else fall. See, that is what we call as the evil conscience. Calling good evil and evil good. And that's exactly what is happening all, all around the world. People have no idea as to what is the difference between the right hand and the left hand. Okay. First, you have to have a clean heart. A pure heart. A heart which is totally undivided to God. Then you have to have a good conscience. And third, unfeigned faith, authentic faith. Not deceptive faith. So when Abel offered an offering he offered by faith, it was authentic faith. When Ananias and Sapphira offered an offering, it was fake faith. Okay. It's fake. What we need is authentic faith. And there's a whole idea of teaching is to produce this Kind of a faith which produces love. Love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and an unfeigned faith, it says in the Bible in KJV. Unfeigned. It's faith without dissimulation. I like those words, dissimulation. Simulate. Dissimulate means pretend. Okay. Hypocritical faith, in other words. So that is the goal of instruction. And then saving faith is produced by hearing, right? And therefore, therefore, while Peter, it's Acts chapter 10, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. This is essentially what happened to the, the, the in the household of Cornelius, right? And those are the circumcision who believed and astonished as many as came to Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard him speak with tongues. And then when uh, when uh, Peter was was uh, confronted by the by the Jewish believers as to why he went into the uh, to the Gentiles place. This is a report that he gives in Acts chapter 11. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. This is 11. It's not 12. Acts chapter 11. And next verse was 12. It was 18. When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. So f- saving faith is impossible faith. So how did she come? She heard. She heard. It's impossible to generate faith without hearing. First, saving faith is impossible faith. Second, saving faith has to be generated by hearing the undiluted, authentic, living word of God. That is the reason why it says the word of God is living. Living and powerful. Powerful than a two-edged sword. Second thing. Third thing. Saving faith has determination. I'll tell you something. This is so important. I'll, I'll tell you how I, I come to uh, this conclusion. Uh, it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, 37. It, this, is in the, this is in the Amplified Bible. Now, there was a woman in the city who was known as a sinner. She was very famous. Okay, And when she found out, I like that word. When she found out, the word, you know, when the, 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 the Greek word is epignesco, which means she searched. I, actually, I looked it up in the dictionary. It says... To become thoroughly acquainted with. 
to know thoroughly, to accurately know well. That means she searched and searched. Where is Jesus? I heard he's here. Where is, I heard he's here. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And she would not rest until she finds Jesus. So what is saving faith? Saving faith has what, what we call as determination. Saving faith. It sets in heart on finding God. Sets it heart, heart on finding God. Why am I saying this? There's a very powerful verse before I go there. It says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. <clears throat> yeah. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you. Everybody know, likes this verse very well. No, I have plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future and expected end. And when you get that promise for the, for the, at the beginning of the year, you say, hallelujah. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you and you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. It's not automatic. You see that? That is the reason why in Psalm 27, if I'm right, I forget that verse. It says, when you said, seek my face, I said, Lord, your face will I seek. That's determination. Determination. You have to have this holy determination and say, Lord, I want to seek your face. Every one of us, every one of us have to have that. At one point in your time, you, in your life, you have to take time out and say, Lord, this time, I'm just going to cut off everything from my life. I know there's so many issues, there's so many problems. And let me tell you something, your problems and your situations and circumstances will not change. Okay. Who has to change? I have to change. I'll come to that. Okay. So, some point in your life, some point in your life, you have to search him. Search him out. That is the the reason why it says, I delight in those people who search for me. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not not the strong, strong man boast in his strength. But let him boast that they, how? They searched me and they knew me. Okay? So you will seek me. And you will find me, okay, when you seek me with all of your heart. And he says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Maybe the Lord telling someone, some, some of you here, maybe, if not all of you. Set your heart to seek my face. Set your heart. Set your heart. Be determined until you find me. See, that is the reason my pastor was saying in the morning, he says, uh, he says, uh, yesterday's anointing is gone. Today's anointing, you have to work for it. You have to buy from me. Of course, it's, it's going to cost you. Search for him. Seek after him. Find him. Saving faith has what? Determination. Let me show you. And when uh, Daniel reads this, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the lineage of Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign. I, Daniel, how? I understood by books. Moi, this guy, he knows the books so thoroughly, but he understood by books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And what did I do? I set my face towards the Lord. 
to make requests by prayer and supplications. The exodus from, from Babylon to Jerusalem started with this one man who said, you know what, I'm going to be determined and I will seek your face with all of my heart. I will set my face to seek you. Why is this important? Why is this important? Why do we fall into some temptation? Let me show you a verse which will warn us all, which will give us some tension. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 13 onwards. The king, thus King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nama and Ammonitus. Look at the next verse. We can all read this together. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Another another translation the Amplified gives us a little more uh, detail. It says, he did evil because he did not set his heart to seek, worship and honor God. You see, saving faith has determination. Don't give up. Okay. Don't give up. One of the things is that we are such a Google generation, no? Any problem? Google Tali. I'm not able to solve this. Debugging is so easy. So easy. Okay. I, I, I tell you, my, I had a professor called Professor P.R.K. Rao. Okay. He wrote a book on probability theory. If you have a problem and say, sir, I did not understand this. I'm trying my level best to solve this problem. Uh, how do I solve it, sir? He would say, Vijay, there's a banyan tree. Go under the banyan tree and do tapasya. And you will get it. You have to think over the problem over and over again. I'm not going to give you the solution. You know, such kind of professors will cause you to learn the subject. Okay. When Jesus says, I will cause you to walk in my ways. Huh? Is it easy? (laughs) You have to set your face. We are... In any problem, no problem solved, will be solved. Either we have Sami or Google. Okay, Sami is our debugger, no? Anything, Google will give you the answer. Oh, not a problem. Google it and you'll find it. We had this uh, thing about solution manual. Solution manuals, we took our time to get a solution from one problem. We have to go from one professor to the other now. <laughs> Everything is available online, free. Okay, free of cost. Free of cost. Everything available. But let me tell you something. A revelation which is going to bring deliverance is not going to be free. (laughs) Okay. You have to seek, seek, seek. I mean, you have to have this determination like this woman. I am going to find him. Okay. And you know what? Who gives you that determination? When he sees that, he says, I will be fond of you. That's interesting. I'm not going to be this wicked professor who's wanting to fail you. Okay. I want to give you the best. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a little bit of hide and seek and then you'll find me. You will find me. You will find me. When you search for me, for with all of your heart. So saving faith has determination. Second Samuel chapter 11. Then David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah the Hittite. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people are doing and how the war prospered. And David said to her, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house and the gift from God, gift from gift of food from the king followed him. Okay. 
And you know what, what, what happened? But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house. You know what this guy is? Determined. You cannot move this guy. Total determination. Okay. Food is coming. Food is to lull you. Not going to take it. Next wine also will come. But this guy is absolutely determined. Okay. Why do you not go down to your house? Look at his answer. Ark of the Ark of Ark and Israel and Judah dwelling in tents, and my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I go to my house and to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this. See, that is the reason why if you have a will, which is one of the biggest gifts that God has given you. If any man wills to do his will, it's a willing, it's a determination. Genesis chapter 39. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to my, to, to his master's wife, you see, the Egyptian methodology is this. Turn to your right, turn to your left and if nobody's there, do it. So master's wife, she turned to her right, she turned to her left, nobody's there, do it. When Moses turned to his right, turned to his left, nobody's there, Dude, that is the Egyptian way. But what will a man who is under the fear of God and who has got this determination, he says, he has put everything that he has in my charge. And then he says something very powerful. He says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? All men of God, all people of God will look up. They want to seek him. Determination. Daniel chapter 1, look at what it says. But Daniel purposed what? In his heart. Okay. So, we have this principle, right, in the Bible. It says, if there be first a willing mind, not according to what one does not have, but what according to one has. The thing is acceptable. It's acceptable to God. He does, he's not ex- expecting high, big, big things from us. He's expecting as much as you have. Do you seek me? Will you seek me? Will you seek me? Okay. Right. For all the students, do you do your morning devotions? Like, that, like the way you were enjoined in the beginning of the year. Do you study it? Do you read your Bible? Do your devotions. For us pastors, devotions is not sufficient. We have to listen to at least two, three messages only and then I will be satisfied. In the morning, at least two, three has to get into my mind. Okay. But that is, that is for me. But for about, what about you? All of us. Okay. It's a determination. In the morning, early in the morning, before the sun rises, it says Jesus went and he, and you know what it, what he did? Morning by morning, he awakened me. Why was he able to give his back to those people who, who beat him up and his beard and people spat on his face? Why? Because early in the morning he got up. He disciplined himself. Every day in the morning. See? Every day. Okay. Sin. So we have saving faith has what? Okay. It's impossible. It's produced by hearing. Third, it is determined. Fourth, saving faith cares nothing about reputation. Okay. Nothing about reputation. Luke chapter 7 verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she knew at the table 
who this person was. Okay, a table that Jesus had and stood at his feet weeping. Look at this verse. Romans chapter 2, verse 28. A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly. No, a Jew is a person, verse 29, is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is a circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not from the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. You know, I, I just uh, collected this from one of the commentaries. It says, it was customary in, the, in that day for outsiders to hover around during banquets so that could watch what the important people are speaking and hear their conversations. Since everything was open, they could even enter the banquet hall and speak to a guest. So suddenly she entered. But everybody knew her reputation. But you know what? She can't do. She has no qualms at all about it. Let me uh, let me show, show this verse to you. Let us read that in John's Gospel, chapter four. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, "Come see a man who told me everything that I did." Absolutely no problem about that anymore. They came out from the town and made their way toward him. Then John's Gospel, chapter five. It says, I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If anyone comes in another name, you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? That means what saving faith is one thing which will not care about what other people think about me. Okay. Alright. It cares nothing about reputation. John's Gospel chapter 12. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But they did not confess him. But how, how, are, how are you saved? Why, why, why were they not? They believed him, but they did not confess him. Why? Because they loved the praise of men more than the praise from God. Why did they not confess him even though they believed in him? What will happen? Look at what it says. In Romans chapter 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So saving faith confesses. What? Your sin. And say this is what I am. I don't even care now. Because I know that you have accepted me. Okay. Saving faith does not care about reputation. Luke's Gospel chapter 7. Let's go back. And she kissed his feet and anointed him with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. If this man were a prophet. If I am a prophet, okay, if pastor was a prophet, he would know what my wife is doing. What kind of a woman she is. If pastor were truly a prophet, he would know how my boss is dealing with me. Okay. If Pastor was truly a prophet, you know what he that other brother did to me. He would say and reprimand him. But was Pastor, I mean, was Jesus truly a prophet? If he's truly a prophet, what will he what will he do? He will not speak about the other person. He'll speak about you. So what exactly happens? This guy is thinking, if this man is truly a prophet, 
And Jesus is going to prove to him, I am truly a prophet. I am going to tell exactly what you are saying. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. I am truly a prophet. Okay. Okay. I am truly a prophet. I know exactly what the problem is. C.K. Chesterton, we know this person very well, one of the famous quotes. What is the famous quote of C.K. Chesterton? Dear sir, regarding your article, what's wrong with the world? I am yours truly. G.K. Chesterton. Who's the problem? I am the problem. So if I'm a truly a prophet, I'm not me. What am I going to do? I am going to speak something about you, not about your neighbor. I'm going to talk about your attitude, not about your neighbor's attitude. Saving faith therefore says, I am the problem. Thank you. I have something really wrong with me. Okay. That's the reason why Timothy, in 1st Timothy chapter 1, Paul will say in verse 15, if this is a faithful saying and worthy of not just acceptance, all acceptance. That means if I send this paper to every peer reviewer, everybody will accept the fact that I am the chief of all sinners. Yeah, I know that fellow Paul, boy. Okay. Worthy of all acceptance. The Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners whom I am the chief. That is the reason why when we come to the word of God, one of the things you should say, Lord, search me, not search my neighbor, search me and know me and know my path. See if there is any unrighteousness in me and what? Lead me into the way of everlasting life. And he says, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Over me, 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 me. One, one time I can be at the center of your life is when you have to accept that you are a sinner. So when we or anybody is preaching the word of God, one thing, so Lord, what is wrong with me? Do I have determination this morning? I'm a really determined Lord to know you. Did I set my face like a flint to know you? Am I casual in my attitude? That is the reason why in Jeremiah chapter 6 he says, who can I teach wisdom? Those people with what? Can I teach people with uncircumcised ears? Ears which are partly hearing the things of the world and partly hearing the things of God. I cannot speak. I cannot break through to you. It's impossible for me to break through to you. Simply because you not realize that you have a problem, that you are a problem. When I was growing, when I was, my children were small, one of the hymns that they learned was this, no? It's me, it's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother or my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And then it goes on. Not my mother or my father. Oh, my mother, my father, if they would have brought me, brought me up in the ways of the Lord, nothing would have happened to me. Not my mother, not my brother, not my father, not my sister. It is me, O oh Lord. One, one, one church also sings this stanza. It says, not my pastor or my teacher. It was me. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable. You see, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord. So what does what saving faith realize? Saving faith realizes the problem is me. Not my stranger or my neighbor. But it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Do you realize this? Do you realize that we have a problem? That we are the problem? So God has to solve us first. So saving faith. Produces determination. Saving faith 
cares two hoots about reputation. Forgive my language, but it is true. What's the whole point? No. What does it matter if a man has got all the degrees in the world? Okay. This thing, that thing. You should see uh, some pastors in their cards. I mean, it's incredible. The number of degrees you have is the more insecure you are feeling, basically. The number of degrees is directly proportional to the insecurity in your heart. Okay? So, BSc, good. Not much insecurity. Okay? But the moment, MA, oh, if I do my MA only, then people will accept me. Okay, fine. PhD, then. Postdoc, then. No, no, no. Doctor of Science, okay. So many doctors. Doctor, 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 lawyer also in the middle. And then, everything. All. You see. The reputation doesn't matter. It's incredible, right? He was numbered among the, that's, you know, sometimes it just blows my mind away. That's Incredible. What is that criminal number one? You know, with this, how they have, no? Kaidi number 420. It's how that, how that, how we, we say that. Prisoner number 420. We are all known by numbers in prisoners, in prisons, not by names. So, this guy, criminal number one. Did you bring criminal number two today? Where is he? That's the son of God. The creator of the whole world. The creator of the universe. And what is he doing? He's hanging there naked. Not even with a loincloth. Excuse me. Hanging there, taking the shame of the entire world. Not my stranger or my neighbor, but it's me, O Lord. That is the reason why in John's Gospel chapter 4, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the person whom you're living with is not a husband in this that you've spoken. When you know what? The woman immediately says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Why? You spoke something about me and not about my neighbor. You see? Speak something about me, Lord. Look at this incredible episode when the prophet comes to David. He tells about this, this, this uh, super, I mean, this, uh, what is it? Pseudo, some uh, neighbor that he creates, okay? He creates this character in the story. Nathan says this, right? And then David's anger burned intensely against that man. <laughs> who is that man? <laughs> And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall make restitution for the evil lamb four times as much as the, as the lamb was worth because he did this thing and had no compassion. Then David said, you are the man. Most of the time and all the time, it is we who are the problem. And God says, Lord, deal with my heart. So saving faith, what does it do? It says, you know what? I am the problem. I am the problem, Lord. Saving faith says, I am the problem, Lord. Touch me. Save me. Only those people who recognize a need can be taught. Only those people who don't know anything, who know that they don't know anything, can learn. Saving faith recognizes that I am the problem. Next. Saving faith recognizes his or her debt. That you owe who? God. Everything. Psalm 49, verse 7 to 9. None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is what? Costly. How costly? And it shall 
cease forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. I like uh, Eugene Peterson's message translation. You'll see how Eugene Peterson puts it across. This is what he says. Really? There's no such thing as self-rescue. Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. The cost of rescue is beyond our means and even then it doesn't guarantee life forever or insurance against the black hole or the bottomless pit. Incredible. What is the price of one soul? I know some, remember some time back, you know, um, if, just imagine, if in the entire world you were the only person who sinned, would Jesus come to die for you? Yes. Who would put him on the cross? You. See that, think about that. And then, you know, things will fall into perspective. Would he still die for you? Yes. The price. That is the reason why you were not redeemed by perishable things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without spot or blemish. That is what was paid for you. Paid for you. Saving faith recognizes his or her debt. He knows, you know what? I owe God. First, let me tell you something. That is the reason why in Romans chapter 12, this is what it says, Hebrews, sorry, Hebrews chapter 1, this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verses 1 to 2. God, who at various times and in various speaks, uh, various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. Does it stop there? No. It says, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, this is talking about Jesus. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins. Who, who paid the price for our sins? He himself. God himself. It was God who was crucified for our sins. So therefore, we owe a debt to God. We understand that we owe a debt to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Actually, you can put a full stop over there. We are debtors. We are, we are debtors to whom? To God. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore brothers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's your debt. It is a reasonable act of worship. And then, another translation puts it very interesting. It says, so there's, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going out to work. You're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. You're sleeping. My goodness. Who is the Lord of your sleeping? Think about that. Who is the Lord of your sleeping? Nobody touches me when I'm sleeping. You know, my wife says, how can, nobody can persuade you once you're you're asleep. That's it, over. You're gone. And she's a very light sleeper. One small move here and she will get up. But me, I'm gone, I'm gone. I am the Lord of my sleep. Therefore, therefore, I have to make a conscious decision to stay awake. Once, sometimes I can sleep anywhere. And some of you have witnessed that, no? Sleep while standing also. How can you do that? Yes, it's possible. You're sleeping. You're eating. What? You're eating. You're going out to work and you're working out also. 
I was telling the brothers, I'm, the problem is when you, the camera is on you, everything is shown. When you look at the mirror, you'll say, oh, boy, that is a very nice mirror and no, no belly, nothing. And when you see yourself in the camera, boy, you are now a cylinder, industrial, okay. So, you're working hard, you're going to work, you're walking around life, place it before God as your offering. See, when you say living sacrifice, this is what it is. Biggest thing, like Pastor keeps, keeps teaching us, right? He wakes up at 3.30 in the morning, my goodness, for me, I can do night outs, but 3.30 in the morning, please leave me alone, okay? No. <laughs> okay, leave me alone, 3.30 in the morning. Try to get up by 4.30, 4.45, 5 o'clock. And the body says, Vijay, come on. Rest. You need it. After all, you don't sleep in the afternoon. Sometimes you need at least four and a half hours, five hours of sleep continuously. No, 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 no. You see all these voices. Morning by morning, he awakens me. And I did not turn. And that is the reason why I have a tongue of the instructor. You see, let me tell you something. There are different titles given to believers. First, believers are called believers. Say that? Believers. Those people who believe. Okay. Second, believers are called disciples. From which we get the word? Discipline. Third, believers are called saints. We are sanctified ones set apart from the world. Fourth, believers are called witnesses. We are supposed to witness the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Testimony, the word is witness from which we get the word martyr. Okay, we are witnesses. And fifth, we are brothers. These are the five, five titles for believers. Christians, okay, Christians have all these five titles. Five titles. So one of the titles is, we are disciples. What are we? Disciples, which we get the word methodus in, 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 uh, in Greek, the word is methodus, from which we get actually the word mathematics, okay? Okay, you cannot, uh, you cannot escape math, the, which we get method, mathematics, all those things. Methodus comes from the Greek word, uh, disciple, disciple comes from the Greek word methodus. That means this guy is methodical. There is order in his life. That's what discipline means. So if we are Christians, we should be known for our order. Okay, order. I'll tell you something. In the work environment, they don't care about this. They care about profit, not order. We don't care how your life is, but we want profit. Output, that's it. We are a black box for them. What is this? Input salary, output, whatever. What is it? That's exactly how they look at us. We are black box. Input salary, output, whatever. For in, in case of researchers, papers. Okay, number of papers. Otherwise, they don't even smell you. You should see. That's what that's what we call a peer pressure. We have new new words coming up these days. No, there's something called as FOMO. Under FOMO, what is FOMO? You know what FOMO is, right? Fear of missing. Oh, you know very well. Fear of missing out. That's a new word in Google uh, in dictionary now. FOMO. Fear of missing out. What will happen to me among my peers? I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. FOMO. Fear of missing out. This is, it's there in Oxford Dictionary now. Google is there in Oxford Dictionary. FOMO is there in Oxford Dictionary. In, in, our companies don't care about your order. They only care about input, output, input, output. That's it. You're a time invariant system or a time varying system. Don't care. You just have to give us output. 
I remember, no? When you're just going for vacation. I told the boss, and I said, I'm going for vacation, sir. Going for a okay. You should see the face of the boss when, the, when you ask for a holiday. He looks at you like that, as if you have asked for his entire, I don't know, just his, 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 his uh, what do you call it? Ah, yeah, not life, no, property. Sir, uh, just one week I'll be off. Okay, okay. Uh, the thing is that, uh, right, okay, that's, that's how they say. And then when you are about to board the train, you'll get the call. Now the problem is, you are caught between two people. The boss and the wife. <laughs> you see? They don't care. Okay. Vijay, no paper, still. One and a half year already in the office. What are you doing? What are you doing? They don't smell you, you see? And you should see the pressure on people to perform in the workplace. And that is the reason why many of the research is not authentic, it's fraud only. Lot of it. And you have to listen to the discussions among uh, among uh, professors. How should I get the next grant? That is their agenda. Next grant. All about the next grant. It's fear of missing out. Your life. You see, but the church is completely, totally different. He says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Put me first in your life. And all the things that you need will be added unto you. You know, that is a challenge for all of us, isn't it? I I like all students who take a stand and say, I am not going to miss church on Sunday. Because when I was a student, I missed church on Sunday. Why? Going for Ah, oh. <laughs> coaching. That is our life. Life centers around that. Okay, I, I challenge, and that you should have a, you should also. I challenge students also. You honor God this way. Let's. I'm gonna. I'll tell you on the basis of God's word, you will be found ten times better than the others because you chose to honor God, and you set apart the Lord's day for God, for the Lord, and for His people. Okay, set it apart. I'm telling you, my life changed after that. It's a different story. 365 days I was in the lab. Now 365 days I'm, in our, I'm found in a different place. Sometimes in the church office. Much to the consternation of my wife, but that's okay. Okay. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. So look at this. Embracing what God does for you can be the best thing that can do for you. Don't become so well adjusted. To your culture, that you fit into it without even thinking. Let me tell you something. One man of God gave this example. He's talking about coral reefs. You know coral reefs, what coral reefs are, right? Coral reefs are those things which are on the seabed. And there are certain animals which are under the coral reefs. So what do they do? They go up and they come back. They go up and come back and hide behind the coral reefs. They go up, they take some oxygen, they take some natural light and come back. So, But over a period of time, if they're not careful, what happens is that the coral reefs becomes hard and hard and hard and hard and hard. And those living things get trapped and become a living and a, I mean, almost like a grave. It becomes like a grave now. They die there. 
So what happens? Like we like believers, we also like believers. What do we do? We go up into the world, into into, into God's presence, and we go do, go down into the world, and then get stuck into the world, and suddenly we get uh, stirred by the uh, so one message, and we say, okay, let me seek God. Go up and down, up and down, up and down, and if you are not careful, one day we'll be trapped. That is the reason why it says in Luke's Gospel chapter 21, let not you be dulled by crowsing and by the drunkenness and by the things of this world, lest that day come like a thief and you are found wanting. You see, don't get adjusted. Fear of missing out. Everybody is doing it, everybody is wearing it. Hi, you go to the tailor, sir, this is the latest fashion, they will say. But I want straight. That's it. You go and find one jean, go to the go to the store, find one jean. He also had a problem, I also had a problem. To get one jean, it's like this, it's like this. I said, what is this? Sir, this is the latest. I mean, you look like a girl, doesn't matter. We will all look like girls. Some of you guys wear those jeans. It's like this. Apparently it's called unisex. What has happened? To get one gene? You have to spend hours? I said, give it up. Let us bear only formal. And you go to El, uh, Lal Bazar. That guy is a military tailor. He will put that thing to the T and said, this is a fit. That's it. He is not going to go to the left or to the right. I want that. I got Metro tailor, Lal Bazar. Who does all my stitching. And if I put on weight, he'll say, sir, thoda, <laughs> thoda, change kar do. And he said, you know what he did? He, he actually changed the waistline of my, of my other trousers. And he said, sir, I put it less so that when you grow, you'll know. <laughs> grow, you'll know. Okay. So I said, boy, thank you. And uh, thank you. Those, those people are actually screaming now. Those two pants. They're screaming and they're saying, Vijay, we are stretching beyond our elastic ability. Okay. So don't become so well adjusted. You see, see one, what, do you see how the world has changed? My goodness, those days, my parents used to take to, take me to Charmas, 60% off. And whatever gene my mother used to tell I should wear, that's it. Green, red, doesn't matter. This is what you need, this is what I'll give you. Doesn't matter. Now? No, 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 no. Boy, everybody, all the gruesome children, yes, yes, no, 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 uncle, no, 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 uncle. No, 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 uncle. Okay. You see, my goodness, I'll fight for that. You see, the fashion is like that, okay. Your dress speaks a volume. You know, something, some, let not the outside define the inside, people say. You know what Jesus says? Clean the inside so that your outside will be clean. That is the point. See, when you are clean in the inside, your outside will be clean. So you, you cannot just, you cannot divorce these two things, unfortunately. You will be conscious. About what you're speaking. Okay. And if you're a man, you'll be conscious that I should not attract the attention of the opposite gender. You'll be conscious about that. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, he says, older men address them as fathers. Older women address them as mothers. 
Younger men, younger men as brothers. Younger women as sisters. And he adds an adjective. He says, with all purity. With all purity. You see? It's important for us. Clean the inside so that your outside will be clean also. And you make those decisions. Let, let me tell you, you honor God and God will honor you. You set your face like a flint and say, you know what? I am determined. This is what I'll do. I will not conform to the pattern of this world. Saving faith recognizes his or her debt. And he says, you know what? I owe my life to God. Every breath that I take. Now think about it. If 500 rupees per hour is for oxygen in Delhi. Okay? Per hour. Okay? Now just imagine if a day comes like that. How much you owe God? How much you owe God? The very breaths that you take? How much you owe God? Can we? That is the reason the hymn writer says, Drops of grief cannot repay the debt of love I owe. What a superb Statement that is, drops of grief cannot repay the debt of love I owe. Here, oh Lord, I give myself away. This is all that I can do. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love from mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet? Nor thorns compose a richer song? Where the whole realm of nature mine, where an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. It demands, it's, we, we need to understand, my saving faith recognizes that we owe to God everything, everything. And we hold back, nothing will come to that. First, that's a, there's a recognition at least. And we also owe to the people who invested into our life. Say that, say that, say that, say that, say that, say that, everybody, say that. Say that. Because let me tell you something, there is a generation which cares two hoots about those people who have invested into their lives. We are living in a generation of what we call as entitlement mentality. And we, we all have it at some level or the other. I have it too. And I recognize it in, in, in my own flesh. My flesh is not different from any other, any other flesh. In my flesh there dwells nothing good. You see? Philemon chapter 1. Look at what he says, Philemon. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would receive me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my own account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention, what? That you, that you owe me even your own self. Boy, what a statement that is. You know, every time I read that, I just got so fired up. And sometimes I weep also. Because sometimes I take things for granted in my own life. People have invested. Invested into your life spiritually. Particularly. You owe it. Okay. See. So many times we don't realize how much of protection that we are under. Because we do not know the kinds of threats we are under. You know that? Just because you are not experiencing those threats, it doesn't mean that you are not under threat. God is only protecting you. I remember that thing about Amos, right? Amos sees this vision. I keep telling that. Amos sees this vision. The locusts are coming to devour Israel. And Amos is saying, Lord, he's interceding. And he says, Lord, they are not prepared for it, Lord. Please stop it. He says, Lord says, okay, because you interceded for the people, I am allowing the locusts not to come. Does Israel know it? No. No, no. 
And what do they tell Amos? Oh, you Amos, you go back to your place and preach there. Don't come here. Don't come here. We don't want to hear your voice. Don't want to hear your voice. You know what? Because they don't understand the value of those people who have invested into their life spiritually. Understand that, my dear brothers and sisters. This is so true because there is a generation, it says, who are wise in their own eyes and who are still not cleansed from their their iniquity and their impurities. We owe to those people who invested into our lives. We know what? We owe to the people in the past. We owe to the people in the present. And we owe to the people in the future too. Just imagine, we owe it, owe a lot to Martin Luther. Whether you like, it, like him or not. We owe it. If Martin Luther was not there, we are not there. I mean, I'm not saying that God would have, God have definitely found. But we owe it to him. He took a stand and he went and he said, you know what, whatever the Catholic Church thinks, I don't care. I am going to nail my 95 thesis. Let us come and have a discussion. Come on, let us have a discussion. Let us reason together, says the Lord. And if that guy wouldn't have taken a stand, think about it. Germany owes it to him, by the way. They, we owe it. You know what the people in Japan say about the next generation? You know what they say about the next generation? Our generation, our people don't know. My young generation do not know what sacrifices their mothers and fathers have to go to generate this kind of wealth so that they can have this kind of a lifestyle. You know what they say about the people, the next generation in Israel? They do not know what the sacrifices their forefathers had to pay so that you people could have a secure land in the middle of all kinds of conflict. Do not know. We owe it to those people who have invested into our lives. We owe it to those saints who have gone ahead of us and who have, stra- and who have literally stayed there and who have set us set for us an, as an example. We owe it to Apostle Paul. We owe it to him. We owe it. Say, we owe to those people who have invested, who have paid the price and who have said, you know what? Following God is everything. Follow me, even as I follow God. Do you recognize your debt? <laughs> 500 dinari, 50 dinari. That was only a price that, you know what? Who's, who's more rich? You know, whenever you go for a loan, they ask for your IT returns. Why? Oh, not only that, to know whether you have the capacity ah, to pay it back. So the length of the, I mean, the amount of loan that can people can give to you, is directly proportional to how much you, how much you earn. So, who owed 500 dinari in this place? At least according to the parable. The woman. Who earned 50, 50 dinari? 50 dinari? According to this parable? Simon. So, who's poor? Simon is poor. When I look at your IT return, Simon, <laughs> I can't extend much more mercy to you. You are a self-righteous Pharisee. Yesterday was Peter's sister Elsa was praying in the in a in our prayer session. You must must have tuned in. She was saying, pray against the spirit of self-righteousness. So many of our words, you know what? I'm not like that other person. I'm not like this person. I'm not like that person. See? Chika Chasterson said, I am the problem. Thank you. Astroli, Sike. You have to sign your own name. Saving faith recognizes his 
or her death to those people who have invested into their lives. And then saving faith also recognizes the debt that you have for each other. Romans chapter 1. I am a debtor both to Greeks, intelligent, high class. No, 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 no. And the barbarians also. Look at this guy. Who is this kosher eating Pharisee? According to the law, blameless. In other words, he would only move with this elite circle. You see them? All Iodians when they move. I mean, they don't say that. But deep down inside of their heart, they have those attitudes, okay? It's just coming out of it. It's oozing attitude. Oozing. I am Iodians or MIT. That's the reason we call them Mitti. MIT, okay? Mitti means <laughs> sand. Okay. Dust. Huh? They sh- they'll make you feel so conscious. You go to a conference, where did you come from? India. Uh. So when they look at a paper from India, they look at the paper like this. Uh. Okay. Third world country. Okay, let us, let us accept. That is what they do. They're doing us a big favor. They have an aura. You know what this guy says? I am a debtor to the Greeks, all the intellectual class, and also to the barbarians. Very difficult for us to say that, right? Very difficult. Barbarians? That means uncouth, unruly, who come and create a lot of problem in your home? Lord, I did not sign up for these people. They are so disorganized. Barbarians. Both to the wise and to the unwise. You know what Paul says? I am a debtor. You know why? Because me, the chief of all sinners, this kind of a love has been poured out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do you have that kind of faith? We all need to grow into this because we all have prejudices, right? Somebody was talking about this church in the US some years back before I think even the racial thing was, it was very, very high those days. There used to be they will be very strict about the kind of attire they were supposed to wear in the church. Very strict. You should not wear this. You should not wear that. You should not wear this. You should not wear that. This is how you have to behave. This is, how, this is where the children have to sit. This is where the parents have to sit. This is where everybody has to sit. This is the kind of attire you have to wear. Etc. 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 But they had two deacons outside. And what was their job? If any black man comes, don't let them into the church. Send them back to their own church. Elite. And even now, we have to mention in our own, somebody from the pastor's conference sent me a, uh, one pastor sent me a photo of us, of a girl, saying, please search for alliance for her. Name so and so. Height so and so. Education so and so. Caste! Christian and caste. CC. How can it happen? How can it happen? And she has to mention that caste also. I think it was Sidney Poitier who acted in that movie. Somebody is coming home for dinner, right? I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, Sidney Poitier. Boy, what a movie that is. This girl who falls in love with this black guy and the parents don't know him. Parents don't know him. They have a prejudice. 
The parents don't know. Oh, and she describes this guy. He's such a fantastic guy, you know. His character is blameless. He's a very intelligent fellow, very educated. His chivalrous, the way he respects women. Wow, wow, fantastic. And they've created this personality in the, in the, I'm in the minds of their parents. In those days, there was no WhatsApp or anything to show the picture. And they're waiting for this guy to come home. And lo and behold, the door opens. And in walks a black guy and everybody's face. I don't recommend movies, but this one movie, I love it, okay. How many of you have seen the movie, the movie 12 Angry Men? One, two only. Shame on the rest of you, sorry, okay. So this movie, 12 Angry Men, has got a fantastic scene of this guy who's been uh, uh, acquitted, I mean, who's been convicted. He's on, he's on, uh, he's on trial now. And the jury has to decide whether this guy is, has committed a murder or not. And the 12 people have different prejudices. One fellow says, you know, because he's come from this kind of a background, he must have done that crime. You know these kinds of people, how they are. You see, we have prejudices. We have. Let us not act as if we don't. Be careful who comes into our home, right? Let all the unclean stay out, we say. And you know what Jesus says to Paul, Peter? What I have called clean? Only people think about eating. That's what they miss. They miss the, what? Message and only look at the miracle of what? Eating everything. Now we can eat everything. No, no, that is not the message. Understand that. Saving faith recognizes your debt. Do you recognize your debt? One question for all of us. Do you recognize the kind of a spiritual investment that has gone into our lives? That is a good question. Food for thought. That is That requires probing. That fires you up. The kind of teaching that I've heard and my life, how does it tally? No, let us talk facts, no? Then, saving faith holds nothing back. What is that? Saving faith holds nothing back. Say that everybody. Saving faith holds nothing back. And behold a woman, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster. And what did she do? She was sweeping, tears wiping, Kissing the feet. And the Pharisee saw, this man, if he were a prophet, would know what kind of a woman she is. What was she doing? Kissing. Then Jesus said, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me you no know, water for my feet. But she washed my feet with her tears. Wipe them with her hair, with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. You know what the word kiss? You have a fantastic psalm, right? Psalm 2. <laughs> Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with, rule with trembling. I like that. Serve the Lord with fear. Celebrate his rule with trembling. Okay. Kiss his son. Or he will be angry. And he was kissing. 
and Simon was looking. This alabaster flask of oil. How did she get it? How did she get it? How do you make that money? To get that thing, I know how much it costs. I told you, no, a lot of people know the price of everything, but they don't know the value of nothing. How did you get that money? How did you get it? Did you sell your body? Does not, does not the law say something? You know what the law says in Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 18? You must not bring the earnings of a female prostitute or of a male prostitute into the house of the Lord your God to pay any war because the Lord your God detests them. And if this were, if this man were really a prophet, she would know. Now the same Lord said something fantastic in Isaiah. You know when I read this verse for the first time, some real years back, I was stunned. Look at what it says. And it shall come to pass after the end of 70 years that the Lord will visit Tyre. And she shall turn to her hire and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. This is talking about the world system. And her merchandise and her hire shall be what? Ha, 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 hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Did you read that? Did you read that? Oh, 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 oh. She earned this money this way. How did you earn? How did you earn, Pharisee? Your money? Everything righteous? Did you steal from God to earn this money? Did you rob God's glory? Did you prostitute yourself with the world to earn this money? And your money is clean and this her money is not. Pharisee. It shall not be treasure or laid up for a merchandise shall be for them that dwell before the Lord to eat sufficiently and for durable clothing. It will be holiness. You see, she gives her everything. That is the reason why Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 will say, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision carries any weight. What? Only thing that matters is faith expressing. Other translations will use faith expressing itself through love. And if that has been produced, God has accepted you. It holds nothing back. Nothing back. Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall. And what do we like? We don't want to do this. We want to hold something back to ourselves. What is a man profited if she shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange to his soul? That is the reason why in Philippians chapter 3 it says, For I often told you before now and tell you again, even with tears, many live, live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Do you have this kind of faith? Which holds nothing back? 
there was a famous trial in the United States. I'm not too much of a lawyer or anything, but this was something which was brought to my attention. I read one of the one of the commentaries. It's fantastic. It's United States versus George Wilson, 1833. Okay, I'll tell you why this is that this is stands out. Okay, when I was uh, we were driving from uh, from New York to Montreal. Okay, and my friend was speeding because we had to reach Montreal on time. And in US, those fellows, will, the, all the cops will be in the somewhere there in the mid, somewhere you will not be able to see them. They have their speed guns, no. And suddenly, out of nowhere, the cop was behind us. Cops were. And three desis, you know, when you are in desis in a car in New York, and we are, that is still not our hometown. We were all scared, okay. And my my friend was shivering, and he had to come to the shoulder, and he came and he knocked at the door, and he said, "You know how much? You know how fast you were going?" And he said, "Sir, uh, 70, 85." And he showed the speed gun. Okay. Then he wrote the fine. Okay. When I read the fine, the paper on the fine, it was. St- st- it's tension only. I have never seen something like that. Our traffic cop will give us a chalan. What is a chalan? One piece of paper. I mean, some, yeah, exactly. You know, you know what kind of chalan. That chalan there is totally different. State of New York versus Vasudevan Janardhanan. That fellow read that said, the whole state is against me, Baba. For what? Speeding. State of New York, our chalan? They will send one picture to your home where your nano car is speeding. Nano car is speeding. Nonsense. What? <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Think about it. No. Think, think about it. No. Think about it. Nano car speeding. What an irony. The why did we enjoy nano? Because nobody says, Mercedes Benz, how much mileage does it give? Anybody ask? Nobody asks mileage. Nano? Everybody asks, how much does it give? How much does it give? How much does it give? 23 Okay, full tank now. I've been driving it still full it shows for the last one week. That is the reason why there are several cars. There is Hexa. Tata Hexa. That is 10 to the power of 9. Nano, 10 to the power of minus 9. <laughs> and I enjoy my Nano. No trouble at all. And if it is single driven, single driver driven, no trouble at all. Some multiple people drive, then it will give all kinds of creaking thing sounds because it depends upon the weight of the driver. Okay, doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> okay, so so you see, so the state of New York versus Vasudevan Janardhanan, and he was shivering. He said, "Vijay, what is this, da?" He said, "What is the fine, sir? Two hundred and fifty dollars." Okay, student, two hundred and fifty dollars living expenses for a month. Two fifty dollars. Okay, one month living expenses gone. So he wrote down for fifty dollars. He paid it. Maria, he said, if you have, if you have, uh, if you, if you, are, no, what is it? If you plead guilty, yeah. If you have pleaded, if you plead guilty, pay the fine. If you don't plead guilty, come with your lawyer on such and such a date before court. Enough. That's enough for us, no? For a speeding ticket. Now, just imagine this. This is this is not a speeding ticket. This is United States versus George Wilson, eighteen thirty-three. Crime, robbing U.S. mail. Oh, 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 this is interesting. What is the sentence? Think about it. What could be the sentence for this? That is what you think. 1833 laws are not that anymore. 
crime. Sentence is death. You know why? While he was robbing, he put somebody else's life in danger. Therefore, you are punishable. And you are punishable. You you deserve the iron chair. No, sorry, the electric chair. Or you'll be hanged. A bunch of guys came together, his friends. They had influence. So they went to the wills. uh, uh, Andrew Jackson was the president those times. And he granted him the presidential pardon. This fellow is a proud fellow, arrogant guy. Self-righteous Pharisee of the first order. Defendant rejected the pardon. No, the people, they did not understand what to do with this guy. Okay, the, the president said you have to pardon him. This fellow rejects a pardon. What do we do? They said, okay, fine. Let us send it to the Supreme Court. And thankfully it is not Roberts anymore. Those days he was a very righteous man. The Supreme Court Justice was Justice John Marshall. And this is the statement he has to make. The decision was that if the prisoner does not accept the pardon, it is not in effect. A pardon is a deed. Pardon is a deed. To the validity of which delivery is essential. The validity of which delivery of the pardon is essential. Meaning, and the delivery is not complete without. Ah, somebody has to accept the delivery. It may be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered. And if it is rejected, we have discovered no power in this court to force him, force it upon him. George Wilson must hang. He must hang. You know what? God gives us all a free gift of salvation. And what holds us back is our pride. It's our self-righteousness. It is our condescending attitude towards our neighbor. And he rejected the counsel of God against us. It says, the Pharisees and tax collectors justified God. How? Because they accepted the baptism of John. How is the baptism of John accepted? Because they came into the waters of baptism, confessing their sins publicly. And it says, the Pharisees and the tax collectors, Pharisees and the Sadducees rejected the counsel of God, the counsel of God against them. Because they did not get baptized. And he says, how should I compare this generation? They are like children in the marketplace. We have played the flute. You do not dance. We have played the dodge. You do not mourn. John the Baptist came. Huh? Fasting with a sackcloth. And you said he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And you said he is a glutton, a wine biber and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Those people who accept and say, Lord, I cannot pay this debt, Lord. I cannot pay this debt, Lord. You paid it all for me on the cross, Lord. Please accept me. Take me, Lord. I'm just as I am. Take me. You know, we are the people... We are not persuaded by so so many sermons. We like our sermon. That is the reason why we call it Aapki Farmaish. Those days, Aapki Farmaish. What is the kind of song that you want? We play the dirge, you do not mourn. We play the flute, you do not dance. Saving faith holds nothing back. You know why? You know why? It says in Colossians chapter 2, 
when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. You know what? All this indebtedness I cancelled. Will you come and accept this free gift? And you, what do you say? You say, no. You know why? Most of the time, God says, if you forgive others, I will also forgive you. If you cancel other people's debt. You know, the word for sinner in Gospel according to Luke chapter 13 is very interesting. The, the word for sinner and debtor is the same. We are infinitely debtor to God. It is a, it is a combin, it is an infinite against the finite. It is the person who's absolutely clothed and the person who's absolutely naked. A person who's in absolute darkness, in light, and a person who's in absolute light. Who's absolutely holy and absolutely unrighteous. You know what? We have no standards. You know why? Because we have not seen the standard of God. And because we have not seen the standard of God on the cross, we think we are better. Unfortunately, there are so many people in the church that, that are not still not saved because they don't understand what, what true salvation is. You know what Jesus has to say to that lady? Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What words, my dear brothers? Do you long to hear such words? Boy! Vijay, if God were to come and say, Vijay, think about it. Jesus were to come and say, Samir, Sins are forgiven. Go in peace. You'll see the how the whole attitude in demeanor will change. The boldness you'll have. How you'll be fired up because the whole court of heaven, the person who mattered the most has accepted you and declared that you're righteous and you're rejecting that. Are you going to be like George Wilson this morning? Who will be defendant? Who will reject the pardon? Or you will be like that lady who said, Lord, I'm going to hold nothing back. Not my reputation. Not even my sins. You know what? The sin is also not mentioned. You can put any sin over there. Any sin. Any kind of sin. Doesn't matter. The worst. Because we also could have done that. That's the reason why we have this saying in Sanskrit. Vruddhanari Pativrataha. We didn't have the chance. Otherwise, we would all do the same thing. God kept us, kept us in this morning. Can we all stand in the presence of God this morning? Can we all stand and say, Lord? And can we sing that song maybe? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light maybe? Peter can lead us. And let us sing that song. Or maybe any other song that you are led to sing. I don't know. Or maybe you should see Magnify the Lord with me. Maybe that song. Okay. If we have, uh, what's his name, Praneet? Praneet is here? Or is he going to Sunday school? Praneet, can you just lead us in that song? Please, remember. And this morning, just in the presence of God, all of us can confess. I don't want to be like George Wilson. <laughs> I want to say, Lord, I owe you my everything. And I'm holding nothing back. Saving faith. Do you have it? This poor man cried and he answered him and he saved him from all his fears. We'll sing that song. If you can please put that up on the screen.
for all of us to sing this morning. And then we can pray and then we can go. I saw the Lord and And he he answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are radiant. They'll never be ashamed. They'll never be ashamed. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard me and saved me from my enemy. The Son of God surrounds His saints. He'll deliver them. He'll deliver them. Magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name forever. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, blessed is He who hides in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, oh, all you saints, He'll give you everything, He'll give you everything. Magnify the Lord with me, come exalt His name together, glorify. Exalt His name forever. Magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name. Bless the Lord every day and night, never-ending praise. May our incense rise. Let us bless the Lord every day and night, never-ending praise. May our incense rise. Let us bless the Lord. Every day and night, never-ending praise, may our incense rise, let us bless the Lord. Every day and night, never-ending praise, may our 
satisfy the Lord with me. Come exalt His name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name forever. Magnify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Come exalt His name forever. I, I always have this David was a Englishman. Probably he would sing the song this way. And this morning, God's word says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. This morning, let us ask God, Lord, open my eyes so that I see my need. And the need is not a big bank balance. My need is not a godly husband. My need is not godly children. My need is not a career, promotion in my job or health or wealth. My need is you. Because I'm a sinner and absolutely powerless to change myself. God's word says in the book of Jeremiah, can an Ethiopian change his colors? Can a leopard change its spots? Can you do good those who are accustomed and disciplined to do evil? But isn't it incredibly ironic that the same Jeremiah who said it's impossible for an Ethiopian to convert. There was one Ethiopian eunuch. One Ethiopian eunuch whose whose name was Ebed-Melech. It was a title. He didn't even have a position. He was a servant of the king and he was a eunuch. A eunuch who was given himself to God completely. And he said, Lord, I owe it to Jeremiah because he has invested into my life. He spoke the truth into my life. I owe it to you that you saved me. The people can call me anything. They can call me a Kushite. They can call me a black. But I know that I'm a eunuch who's completely, totally surrendered for you. Who's given my all thing to you. Everything to you. I've not held anything back. And this morning, let's ask God, Lord, challenge me that way, Lord. Let me see my need. And my need is you. The need is you. I'm powerless to say, change myself. But what you could do with an Ethiopian eunuch, you can do with me. Change me, O Lord. Transform me. Bring that conviction into my life. And change me from the inside out. And bring glory to yourself through my life. Through my life. That me be a letter. That I will be a letter. Not written by on the tablets of stone. But but I will be the epistle written by 
spiritual men, spiritual women who have spoken into my life. A letter of the spirit. Letter kills. But spirit brings life. Let my life bring life to others. Oh Jesus, transform us this morning. Make us acutely aware of our need. Our need is you. It is need, a need is a, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. A need is a fresh revelation from above for those people who are crying out and saying, Lord, speak to me. A need is an opening of our ears. A need is an opening of our, of our eyes. The need is an opening of our mouths so that we can speak words of faith. Our need is a transformation of our mind. Our need is a softening of our heart. Soften us this morning, O oh Lord. Enable us to bless you through our life. And those people, O oh Lord, this morning who feel condemned, let them draw hope from that woman who was a sinner. Let us long to hear those words. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Sins have been forgiven. And God's word says, if we confess our sins, hallelujah, hallelujah, He is faithful. He's not only faithful, He is just to cleanse us from all our sin. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. This morning, you can confess in your own minds and your hearts. Come back to God. Father, draw your people back to yourself. Oh Lord, let there be a harvest even today in the midst of our people this morning. Especially here in our church. A set of people whose hearts will be set on fire for you. Lord Jesus, set our hearts on fire. Thank you Lord. We praise you, we worship you. We give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed week and good fellowship.